Welcome to the Scripture Study Project, our podcast dedicated to helping you discover the Scriptures in a fresh way, invest your mind and heart into your personal study, and connect to God in your everyday life. We're your hosts, Zach and Krista Horton, studying this week's sections 133 through 134. And you guys, this is our 200th episode. And in honor of our 200th episode, instead of a podcast episode today, we're actually going to sing a song. Yeah, no, we're not. That I wrote <laughs> about 200 episodes. <laughs> okay, now I'm intrigued. Let's hear the beginning of it. Oh, that was just, that was the end of the joke. I don't have a song. It's kind of crazy to think uh, 200 episodes. I was thinking to start this week to just kind of tell the story of where we, how we came up with this idea, because I don't think either of us thought at the very beginning that we would ever be going four years later and that we'd have this many episodes. I don't know, maybe you did, but I didn't. Well, no, I think our goal from the beginning was when we, when we finally decided we were going to do it, the goal was that we'd do it for four years. We were going to go through all four books of scripture, but did we really think we would do it? I don't know. I read somewhere early on that most podcasters uh, stop by the seventh episode. And I remember when we got to the seventh episode thinking, okay, this is a big one. If we can make it past this, then, then we'll keep on going. But Obviously, we did. I know. I was just thinking, what is it? Do you think podcasters are all just people that really like to talk? Because <laughs> <laughs> apparently, we do. <laughs> and then when our when our son talks to us a lot, and we're and Zach's just nodding his head for a long time, I think, haha, this is what you get for being a talker talker yourself. Or, or I think you know, this is what people do when they listen to the podcast. They just kind of zone <laughs> out and nod their heads and go, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> whatever you say. <laughs> gotcha. Well, I wanted to ask you um, what your version is of our origin story. I don't, a lot of you listeners have been with us since the beginning, but some of you are new. And so I wanted to ask for your version of the story and I will add my, don't change yours. If you make me go first, okay, go. you can't change it. So, my version started, I remember it was, we were out on a walk and I remember you telling me something about a lesson that you were going to be teaching. And I remember saying, oh, you should do a podcast. We were both podcast listeners. And um, I just remember thinking, you should write a, do a podcast because I always had friends with you being in, in the seminaries and institutes world, just saying like, oh, we should start a class or a Bible study. I'd always had these conversations and I just, it never worked with schedules. And so I thought, hey, we should do a podcast. Actually, I said, you should do a podcast. I say that's where, that's where my <laughs> version of the story picked up is as soon as you said that, I said, there's no way my whole, my, I talk for a living, which is an oversimplification of seminary. Obviously students talk more, but um, the last thing I want to do is sit down and re-talk through something I just got done teaching six yeah. times. Did you, do you think you said that right off the bat? Like, well, I would never do it by myself. Yeah, or did I'm, that come later? I remember being pretty adamant that there's no way I can do just my own. That just felt so weird and wrong. And, and to that point, like the job of a seminary teacher actually isn't to talk. It's to ask. And I always get very nervous speaking, uh, which is Sounds weird for someone that does a podcast or that that works in seminaries and institutes, but I don't like speaking. I love asking questions. I love being in a class. I love sharing ideas and discussing things. But mm-hmm. the thought of me just talking terrified me. So yeah, I was pretty adamant. No, if we're gonna, if I'm gonna do anything, we are going to do it. Plus, I knew that if I were just to talk, it would sound really kind of remote and academic. And you're so much more personable and 
and real, and I knew that people would only want to listen to it if it was that. Well, um, and I knew that people would only want to listen to it if you were the one talking, so take that. (laughs) But I think it evolved from there. That was probably in, I remember it being almost summer, and we thought, and the other thing I thought was, there's just not enough stuff out there about scripture. There Mm -hmm. wasn't those resources. I think I had looked for them. And this was, keep in mind, four years ago, um, we started studying with the Book of Mormon and we thought, okay, we're going to go through the Book of Mormon and then we'll do each book of scripture. And we didn't even follow along with that year's Whatever we were studying, I think it was. Yeah, we weren't following seminary. We weren't following the church. We just picked. The yeah, book we weren't following the we Sunday school, and we just thought, really, we'll just do mm-hmm. this. And even if we just record these episodes, and it's just for our kids, then it would be worth it. And so we got off to a very shaky start. Oh, that was the other piece of this. Was I am no scriptorian. I am not. I'm not trained. I mean, Zach has degrees in scriptures and studies scriptures for his work, but. I have always loved the scriptures, but I'm not, I'm not, I don't claim to be anything, any sort of a scholar. I'm interested in them and I like them and I read them. But um, I also thought it was important to show that women could be scripture people and like scripture and connect to people because that was other conversations I had with friends is I just never really understand scriptures or I don't go to them because I don't read them. And I just had never really felt that. And so I also wanted to represent represent that side that it wasn't just a scholarly study of the scriptures that was worthwhile. Mm-hmm. So that was, I think, the other part of why you finally convinced me that I should be on the podcast too. Well, I do know that our first episode we recorded probably like 20 times I know. in three or four different locations. We re-recorded it and rewrote it and we were so nervous and... We started recording in our in our bedroom closet with the door closed. We wouldn't wake up the kids late at night. <laughs> and four years later, we have a much better place to record. We're sitting on the floor in our living room while our daughter watches Frozen. <laughs> so, I think we've always thought that we would... I remember... Like, we've thought about setting up a studio multiple times, but it just hasn't Never been happened. the thing. Anyway, thank you to so many of you who have been with us for so long and been, been along so for the ride. Yeah, so many kind and made this this just a fun experiment for us. <laughs> and fun to study with you. All right. Well, this episode we're focusing on sections one thirty three and one thirty four, and really just on one thirty three selfishly because it's the appendix, quote unquote, of the Doctrine and Covenants uh, of the original Book of Commandments when they printed Joseph Smith's Revelation. Section one and section one hundred and thirty three were received just a couple of days apart and put at both ends of the Book of Commandments to bookend the book. And they're very similar in content, focused on Christ and his millennial reign and uh, preparing the world for that. Uh, In short, they're focused on the end, the purpose behind all of this restoration work. This is 133 verses 2 and 3. The Lord who shall suddenly come to his temple, the Lord who shall come down upon the world with a curse to judgment, yea, upon all the nations that forget God and upon all the ungodly among you. For he shall make bare his holy arm in the eyes of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of their God. So I thought it was fitting uh, that in our 200th episode we'd be focusing on something that, uh, that this would be our block of scripture. Um, 
for this week. And so we're going to take a little bit different approach. Um, instead of our traditional Discover, Invest, Connect, and a structured episode, we just wanted to share some things from our study in section 133. Um, I, I looked up the, the word appendix, and the definition is a section or table of additional matter at the end of a book or document. We're not the end of the podcast yet, but it just seems like this is a good place to put in some uh, appendices. So what we wanted to do is just share some things from section 133 that we liked because of the way that they they pointed to or illustrated lessons that we've learned, feelings we've had as we have studied with you over the past four years. And Krista, I'm going to let you go first. Well, I'm going to start with a scripture in Section 133, this is verse 21 and 22. And he shall utter his voice out of Zion, and he shall speak from Jerusalem, and his voice shall be heard among all people. And it shall be a voice as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of great thunder. I don't think there has been a section of scripture that we have studied in the podcast that if it talks about God's voice, or the Spirit, or how people have heard the Spirit, that I haven't brought it up on the podcast. It always sticks out to me because I think that's one of my favorite things about scripture is that it teaches us to connect to God in our everyday lives. It teaches us personally how we can hear his voice. And that's something that President Nelson has emphasized is how do you hear him? It It's a busy modern world that there's many voices all around us, but how do we really come to hear God's voice and the different ways. I mean, I love this verse because it talks about that his voice will be heard among all the people. It's going to be the voice of many waters and of great thunder. And I couldn't help this time to look at the the footnotes on these, which are all coming from Old Testament language of the way that they describe the spirit to them is either this really loud and thunderous explanation And in the Book of Mormon, we get that too. But there's also the still small voice, the quiet whisperings in our heart. And I I just think that is one of the greatest things that the scriptures have taught me. And maybe this podcast, because I've I've thought about it more often, um, about that importance of finding his voice and how the scriptures can train us to recognize it even better. Well, voice has been something we've had to wrestle with just our own voices you know we were talking before about how your voice doesn't pick (laughs) up very well on the microphone well that was one of the reasons that we recorded those first episodes that first episode so many times is i think our first episode it was literally me i sounded like a whisper on the microphone (laughs) and then since then we've had people say um krista probably needs to speak up because and i think especially the difference in our voices Mm -hmm. i've always known that i have a really bad yelling voice like i can't project and yell um but i've gotten better as i've had kids and had to yell at them just kidding um (laughs) (laughs) but really i think that's kind of a funny thought to think so if just for a little back what do you say backstage pass for you I sit much closer to the microphone than Zach does because of that. But um, anyway. Well, I think that's a great point. And one of the things I think we both have appreciated about that voice is that there's so many different perspectives over the course of the last four years, watching different people hear his voice um, in different ways, connect to that voice in different ways. God speaks in different ways to different people at different times. 
And seeing that breadth of experience has helped us to realize that God doesn't just talk to us in one way or two ways or even 10 ways. That There's different uh, avenues, different voices, if you will, different volume levels, different ways that he connects with us and that we can hear him. Well, something I noticed in section 133 is the repeated commandment to go ye out. Uh, Verse 5, verse 7, verse 10, verse 14, verse 19. And in the first couple of those, the commandment comes to go ye out from Babylon, to flee the world. But in the later ones, uh, this is verse 10, it's a commandment to go out and meet someone. Verse 10, Yea, let the cry go forth among all people, awake and arise, and go forth to meet the bridegroom. Behold, and lo, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Verse 19, Wherefore prepare for the coming of the bridegroom, go ye out to meet him. One of the things we have come to really appreciate about the gospel, uh, and maybe more specifically about the Lord himself, that we have seen emphasized throughout all of the books that we've studied, is that we that Jesus Christ is a living God. Because of his resurrection, he was restored to life. And I've said this a number of times on the podcast, but the most uh, unflowery way I can say this is living people do stuff. And if we believe that Jesus Christ lives, then we have to believe that he does stuff too. What does he do? Well, he does the same things now that we have recorded that he did uh, in years past. He heals and he teaches and he comforts and he guides and he ministers and he spends one-on-one time. We may not see him the way that they did, but we can recognize his hand in our life when we recognize the outcomes of his actions in our own experience. And so this commandment to go ye out and meet him, to me, is a call for us to recognize that Jesus really is living and to exert some of our own effort to look for him and his influence and his work in our lives and in the lives of those around us. Well, that's funny, Zach, as you mentioned those verses. I was looking at some of the words that I underlined that stood out to me, and I didn't underline any of go ye out. But I did, (laughs) however, underline a bunch of words like in those same verses, prepare, gather, enlarged, strengthened, awake and arise, go forth, watch. And I don't know, to me, those words, I don't know what it is about those words to me, but they are motivational in in a way. They make me want to, to seek and find him. And I think that's definitely what the podcast has done for me, um, especially with that switch of looking, really being aware of what the Lord is doing in the scriptures. And I think we especially focused that as we studied the Book of Mormon last year for the second time. And that really changed my entire study of the Book of Mormon. I loved that switch. So often we're studying what the people are doing, which I also love. But to remember that the Lord is at work and that Jesus Christ is so aware of us just the way that he was for these people that we have studied in the scriptures. And I don't know, these kind of words, like you said, like, go ye out, seek him, find him, watch for him, prepare for him. 
um, awake and arise. Like, let's go find him because he's there at work. And sometimes it takes a study of the scriptures and the stories from other people, whether they're living or or dead in the past, um, but that they will remind us that he is that living presence in our life today. And that just reminds me of another reason that I've really enjoyed studying and studying with all of you through the podcast is that connection that you feel to the people of the scriptures. Um, and I was especially excited this year with the Doctrine and Covenants because I have always loved church history. I've studied a lot of the firsthand accounts of the people. And that was kind of my goal this year, actually, was just to get to know the people because I, like many of you, have struggled with some of the complexities of church history. And as I've gotten to know the people better through the best we can, um, through their writing and through the historians, I've really come to appreciate the, maybe Zach, you can help me with a better word because I keep saying complexity, but the messiness messiness of, of life. And we know that our lives can get messy and it's has been really rewarding to see the messiness of their lives too. And to understand that scriptures are a mesh of God and his people and people are messy and we're all just trying to do our best. And it's been, I guess it's taken the, um, it's taken the study of the doctrine and covenants and made it more messy and complex for me. This year I was expecting just really excited to study and to learn more about it, but it's been a very different study than I first thought it would be. But it's been really rewarding because I feel like I know these people better than I ever have and relate to them better because I understand that they have questions, they have, they're scared, they're unsure, um, and they're also just seekers. They're seeking the truth. And I think that's kind of what we're all trying to do in the end. Yeah, I think that's definitely been a theme of certainly this season of the podcast, but also our past seasons. That studying scripture means, of course, that you're looking for what the living Lord does and says, but you're also reading something that's filtered through human experience. Like it or not, we don't have any scripture that was penned by God himself. Everything, even when it comes in the voice of the Lord, as the Doctrine and Covenants does, is still filtered at least to some small degree through human experience, through human language. And scriptural authors do this all the time, where they lament the fact that they can't convey what they know, what they feel, what God's put into their heart adequately in the language that they have. And understanding that that reality and understanding their humanity, to me, I think to both of us, makes scripture just feel much more real and relevant and applicable. Well, and that's one thing I've, I've liked about that I hadn't thought before of the Doctrine and Covenants was just how much Old Testament and biblical language they have in here within the Revelations. And I think it's kind of fun to see how this is going to prepare us for next year in the Old Testament. Yeah, you think you think Doctrine and Covenants is messy. Just wait till we get to the Old I Testament. I know, right? <laughs> so true. But I, th- I, I like that thought of that these people from church history, the people that began the church, were Bible People. They love the Bible, and that helped them to be connected to everything that the church came to be and that it is today. Yeah. One of the things we have focused a lot on uh, over the past four years has been the idea that when God 
works with us, teaches us, um, heals us, helps us, guides us. It is not a merely mental experience. We've talked a lot about whole soul experiences where we learn and we feel and we feel prompted to do and we become. And when God sets out to educate us, he's not just focused on our mind, but on our mind, our heart, our hands, and our very spirit. And that has been a shift for me. Before this podcast, when I read scripture, I was always looking for things to learn or know. Insights, cross-references, cool phrases to highlight. But understanding that there's a wider breadth of experience the Lord wants us to have when we study scripture opened up a whole new vista of questions for me and a whole new avenue of things that I found. For example, reading this week in section 133, there are... You could get, um, I think, waylaid a bit in nailing down all the details about the second coming and the symbolism that's there. And that's wonderful and certainly interesting and helpful to know. But I have become a lot more captivated by what I feel or what I feel the Lord wants me to feel as I read Scripture. So, for example, this verse stood out to me, not because of what it taught me, but because of what it made me feel. Uh, This is verse 29 in section 133. In the barren deserts, there shall come forth pools of living water, and the parched ground shall no longer be a thirsty land. I have long appreciated that the Lord can make good out of bad, that he can make water in a desert, that he can make pools out of parched land. But as I read that this week, it just made me feel uh, a lot more hope Um, after the year and a half that we've all been through and some of the things that we all just go through individually. um, Feeling parched or barren is a pretty common experience. And as I read that this week, I felt hope. In fact, a couple verses later, the Lord outlines exactly what he wants us to feel or what we can feel as we think about him Uh, Verse 33, they shall be filled with songs of everlasting joy. Uh, Verse 35, they also of the tribe of Judah after their pain shall be sanctified in holiness before the Lord to dwell in his presence day and night forever and ever. And even the Lord's description of his own feelings. Verse 53, in their afflictions he was afflicted and the angel of his presence saved them and in his love and in his pity he redeemed them and bore them and carried them all the days of old. And so I have found so much um, power in studying the scriptures, not just for what I should learn, but for what I'm feeling or want to feel, for what I should be doing or feel prompted to do, and ultimately for who I want to become or who the Lord wants me to become. Well, definitely for me, that model of learn, feel, do, and become has been just so influential in my study. And I'm really grateful that the podcast has kind of made us form that into something. Um, and then the other the other thing that we are going to end with today is discover, invest, connect. The way that we begin each of our podcast episodes is that you discover the scriptures in a fresh way, invest your mind and heart into your personal study, and connect to God in your everyday life. Um, and I think that's ultimately, I think those two things together have kind of evolved and really become the center of what we have learned from the scriptures and what we're hoping we convey here too. 
And I thought it was interesting that at the beginning of the section heading, it was it's prefacing this revelation, Joseph Smith's history states, At this time there were many things which the elders desired to know relative to preaching the gospel to the inhabitants of the earth and concerning the gathering, and in order to walk by the true light and be instructed from on high. As I read that sentence, I just couldn't help but think of of that, those discover, invest, and connect, that that's ultimately what we're all trying to do, is we're trying to discover who God is, who we are, um, investing some time in his word and in being with him in whatever way that is that um, that brings us closer to him. And then that connection, I especially love that last sentence, to walk by the true light and be instructed from on high. And some of these concerns that they had as early church members are still those things that we're trying to seek out today and that we still want to be connected to God. We still want to walk by the true light and be instructed from on high. And I think that's something that I've probably said a few times today and definitely over these past few years is that we have that opportunity, that the scriptures are a tool that brings us greater connection with God. And I think we've found that through the podcast um, and through our study, and we hope that you have too. Um, Good luck this week as you study section 133. I can't even believe that we are getting this close to the end of the Doctrine and Covenants. It's just crazy. So um, thanks again for being here, and we hope that you have a great week. See you next time.